I mean, we, we would talk about it here, my bookkeeper and I, and it's like, can you even believe that we did this? Like we, we eliminated 50% of the debt in less than six months. And it, I mean, in a year where we were doing 40% less in revenue. Welcome to Peer Talk, a dialogue with business owners just like you. Peer Talk conversations run the gamut of business challenges facing owners today. The host of Peer Talk is Dan Crowley, founder and owner of Peer Executive Groups, which provides a safe space for owners to share their experience, grow their businesses, and learn from their peers. Hi, this is Dan Crowley. We have a number of great business owners in our Peer Executive Group network, and our job is to give them a voice. Welcome to Peer Talk. Peer Tech is a proud sponsor of Peer Talk. Are your results actionable? View your industry data like never before. Gain insights, view real-time KPIs, drive growth, unlock potential. When you join PeerTech, your data drives decisions. Peer benchmarking allows you to see your data like never before. Why be satisfied with incomplete data when clear, responsive, real-time trends could be yours? Now is the time to start making insightful, data-driven decisions for your business. PeerTech, sign up now. Today's guest on Peer Talk is Tony Peterson, the sole proprietor of Weaver's Rental and the Event Experience. Located in Bloomington, Illinois, Weaver's Rental has been around since 1952 and has been handed down through the family generations. And at this point, Tony has implemented a number of systems and participated in peer executive groups for a number of years now. And today he'll be talking about Profit First. Welcome to Peer Talk. This is Dan Crowley, and today we have a very special guest. We have Tony Peterson, who is from uh, Bloomington, Illinois area. Welcome, Tony. Thanks, Dan. Happy to be here. Today, everyone, we're going to be uh, speaking about Profit First, the book, as well as uh, how to put it in place in your business. Uh, Tony has been a longtime peer group member and uh, is currently the owner of Weaver's Rental. So, Tony, um, tell us first about your uh, how you came to the rental business and started to work in your family business. Sure. So, um, as you mentioned, it's a family business. I'm a third-generation uh, rental equipment owner. Um, my grandparents started the business back in the 50s. My parents ran it together um, pretty much my whole life. I started working in the business so uh, late in high school. I was very reluctant uh, participant, as probably most uh, generational uh, owners can relate to. But um, but no, I, I started working in the business at a young age. Went to college, um, ended up coming back to the company and doing outside sales. Um, that moved into a store manager role of one of our uh, satellite stores. And then um, from there, that turned into, um, I ran the party and event division uh, for about 10 years after that. Um, my brother and I purchased the company from our parents in early 2012. And then um, <laughs> as a big part of this story, you'll find out, um, I bought out my brother last year um, really kind of in the middle of COVID. And um, that's when Profit First really took a front seat to how I manage the business. Excellent. 
Well, this will be exciting. I know um, I read the book. Uh, there's a number of rental operations uh, operators who've read the book as well. And uh, just to set this up, um, y- you know, the beginning, the first chapter in the book is your business is an out of control cash eating monster. <laughs> and yes. I totally, you know, I'm a, I'm a small business myself, so I totally know what that means. You, as a owner, you have a tendency to pay yourself last. And um, you could literally grow your business for a number of years and make less money, take less money out of your business. So uh, he flips, uh, Michael Michaelwitz is actually the um, author of the book. And uh, the man has obviously created phenomenal business development programs and has really done well um, by creating certified consultants out there and all that kind of good stuff. But um, the, the principle of it is that... Um, you know, we have a tendency to have the money come into the business as revenue and uh, it's sitting in the bank account and we, you know, see that bank account and we use it for expenses. And, um, you know, we do consider paying ourselves and we certainly, um, but we really don't think about making profit first. So why don't you talk to us a bit about um, why this was a compelling idea for you and your brother at the time? Yeah, so um, I'm, I'm sure like many of you listening, um, we were in a business where it seemed like no matter what we did, we could never get ahead. Um, you know, we would have growth, uh, we would have losses, and it no, nothing ever seemed to change. Um, couldn't give ourselves a raise, couldn't hire more people, um, it just seemed like we were financially kind of spinning our wheels. We couldn't, couldn't make that break and, and get ahead. Um, when I was introduced to the, to the profit first book and I started reading it, that first chapter just hit me right between the eyes. Um, I mean, it's that the idea of, uh, a cash hungry monster was, uh, hit me very close to home. So the the possibility that hey there's a there's a potential way to get out of this situation was very attractive. So for me it was like okay tell me what I do and I'll do it. So th- so, so that's really where I, I came from. It, it is it is interesting. We even now inside of peer groups we have a tendency to talk about performance of the company and growth of sales. And we don't necessarily align that costs grow with the sales and expenses grow with the sales. And we don't talk about that much. We talk about the health of your balance sheet, but really it's the meeting of those two pieces of your business. It's the, it, it's the cash flow management that's happening in your company that really uh, puts a company ahead in terms of being able to take advantage of your growth because it creates, and they, they use the word discipline in the book, they use the word discipline in the podcast. They use, you know, it's like a constant. So tell us about um, how you became your first step towards discipline, because it's not something you can do at one big jump, right? It's like no. you almost have to take baby steps. So For talk sure. us through what that looked like. Well, I, I'm a very systems oriented person. Um, so I, I like to look at how can I make this repeatable and uh, consistent with pretty much anything I do. Um, so when I started digging into this system and reading about it and seeing the simplicity of it, um, you know, kind of when they explain it, 
they they say think about grandma's envelopes. You know, she would get the paycheck and she would put uh, $10 in the envelope for electricity and $10 for gas and $10 for rent. And so she would take out her expenses from her paycheck each month so that when the bill was due, she had the cash ready to pay for it. And basically, profit first is the same kind of thinking. You just do it a little more technological and um, using bank accounts as opposed to envelopes. So um, it's really around an idea of percentages. So when you first read the book, there's an instant assessment that lets you know kind of where you stand currently. So uh, it's a real quick thing. I think you probably get it online, um, but it, uh, it just shows you, okay, where do I stand today? And then that gives you a chart of, okay, you're a business this size with this number of employees and you're doing this much revenue. What, what should you be and how much should you be paying percentage-wise for operating expenses, owner compensation, taxes, and profit? Mm. And so um, <laughs> when I looked at that, we were nowhere near close to wh- where we needed to be. So in the book, you know, it kind of talks about, well, just start small. Even if it's $100, you know, open those, open a couple different bank accounts, one for income, one for operating expenses, and, um, and then just put a little bit of money in each of those and then start every two weeks. You, you take a percentage of your income and you put it in those accounts. Mm-hmm. But then the, the, the come to Jesus moment is, well, now you have to spend what you have in your operating expenses to run your business. And that's really where the, the rubber meets the road and you have to make hard choices of, okay, what expenses am I going to reduce and what ways am I going to find for me to operate my business differently and creatively so that I'm still bringing in the revenue with less expenses. So that's, so, that's where the work really starts. So I found, you know, I obviously have gone through this process. And so I found like, okay, let's say I choose 2%. And as my profit first, I'm going to start with profit first. I'm going to choose 2%. And my revenue is $600,000. So that basically means I am looking to put into a bank account or an envelope, so to speak, uh, $12,000. And I say to myself, oh, my gosh, this is ridiculous. This is so easy and also stupid. Because, you know, as an owner, I want to do more than 2%, but, but let's just see how this goes. So, so you go through this, and of course, you don't stop with that first envelope, right? So why don't you walk us through um, what you ended up from your, when you did your assessment, what your allocation of percentages looked like? What did, how did you go from there? Well, when we first started, um, this was, it was about a year before covid um, and we were just looking at like, okay, let's just put 1% towards profit. And if we can't do a dollar out of every hundred towards being profitable, then something's really wrong. Um, so that's, uh, that's kind of what we did. And so we started there and, um, <laughs> things were bumpy. Um, you know, we, we got to a point where, uh, you know, we had to rob our profit account to make our operating expenses because we weren't really taking the hard steps of dealing with 
we're spending too much um, uh, to really make the system work. So, mm. so the thing, the thing that I found when I bought my brother out, and it was really my responsibility solely to manage the finances of the business. I decided, okay, I'm really going to commit to this. You know, we're, we have an opportunity where uh, the world is changing. We have to be more efficient. We have to be more streamlined. We have to make it work with less. And I mean, I really dove into eliminating expenses that we didn't need, um, reducing what we were spending on utilities that we did just all across the board. It was, we're tightening the belt until this thing makes sense. And so, um, the first half of 2020, well, really the first two thirds of 2020, we really did that. And then kind of towards September, October was when we were really able to say, okay, this is working. Now let's start to get into, let's put some money aside to pay our taxes and um, let's make that profit a little bit bigger percentage and what else can we put this towards? And then as, as things started moving along, you see those accounts grow and you see that, okay, this isn't affecting me being able to run my business. I'm still able to run my business and do everything that I need to do and I'm still putting this money aside. So it was at that point where it was like, holy cow, this can really work. <laughs> Let's keep going. Uh, what, what else can we do? Can we up these percentages some more? Well, so, so at this point, not to jump ahead, but at this point, what um, out of revenue, how much do you have targeted to get pulled cash flow-wise? So if you're doing a million in revenue, how much of that ends up going into some bucket? Well, so, okay, so let me kind of give you our breakdown of, of what buckets we, we have allocated now. So okay. um, right now we have an operating expense account. I put 65% of income into that account. So on a million dollars, that's 650000 for a year. Got so I, I set my budget. I, I, so this year I said, okay, what's my revenue goal? How does that affect my allocations. So now my operating budget for the year is 650,000. Okay. We'll just say it's a million. So we're going to spend 650,000 this year to operate our business and then make choices based on that. Okay. Um, we also, I, I now have an owner comp account. I have a equipment account, which is money for purchasing new equipment. I have a tax account. I have a profit account. And then now I also have a vault account, which is my, if the world ever stops again and I don't have income for uh, six weeks like we did last year, am I going to have some money saved up to be able to pay my bills without relying on a PPP loan or some other form of bailout? Wow. And, and it's interesting because obviously the assumption is, oh, sounds real easy. But what happens when revenue does fluctuate and how do you treat those accounts? And I love in the book um, and also uh, there's a number of YouTube videos where they kind of have some really cool uh, visual explanations about like, okay, well, you're feeding these accounts and sometimes you can't make, make it. But if you're actually protecting that money in those accounts and you're moving it to a place where you're saving it up, you know, you're, you're putting it 
into a deeper account, which is a little bit harder to get to, um, it, it keeps you keeps your hands out of it first off. But secondly, you now have the ability to make up because you're building this kind of delayed gratification. You have the ability to kind of pull from it when necessary. So if, if your revenue's a hundred thousand a month, and all of a sudden you have a, a month because of rainfall, which this happened by the way to all the rental operations in in uh, the south central part of the U.S. in the second quarter, they had bad, a real bad um, period of time. So, so if they had implemented this, they would not necessarily be leaning on creating more debt. They would actually be uh, pulling from their resources through profit first. So, so there's a lot of you know, it's an amazing thing. So, so my question is this. So the first thing that they show you is the profit. Then they talk about owner compensation, which I thought was interesting because I always get confused. I think profit and owner compensation are the same thing and they're actually not right. Because if they're saying, Hey, as an owner running the business, you're entitled to a fair wage. And so they're saying, be fair about it. Don't, you know, if, if it's supposed to be $100,000 because that's what it would cost to replace you, then make it $100,000 in that bucket. And um, so I love the idea of, man, if I could work up from 1% profit to 5% profit and then also cover my owner's comp, those are like the first two buckets. And then the third bucket is tax taxes. So we all know what we pay in taxes year in, year out. So we might as well budget for it so that we're not leaning out of forward future cash to cover that cost, you know, when it's necessary. So, so those first three things, when you add those up, I mean, it's amazing. That's like, it ends up being like, yeah, it's like 40, 40 cents of every dollar that is immediately getting pulled from your, you know, the revenue coming through and you're like, holy cow, what a different way to now plan to run the company. So your expenses, everything's tighter, right? So crazy and then you added what were those other buckets you had mentioned that you added over and above those three uh so i have an equipment account because oh, that's right yeah for financing the future yep for purchasing new equipment and then uh i added a vault account which i look at that as my rainy day fund so my goal for that vault account is to build up about six months worth of typical expenses um as well as uh, enough to cover any insurance premiums if something goes wrong. Gotcha. Um, and then, and then kind of once that, once that account reaches that level, then I can take that 8% and I can put it into profit. I can put it into owner comp. I can put some of it back into equipment. So that, so that's really the beauty of the system is that once you get in the flow and the rhythm of using it, it, it really puts you in control of how you manage your cash. Mm. And uh, until I was really deep into this process, I didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's really given me a great understanding of the rhythm of my business. Um, I, I have a, a very good idea of where I stand week to week. I mean, deposit from deposit. I know... You know, if we're 10 days past an allocation and I don't have X number of dollars in the bank account, something's off. I'm like, what, what are we doing? Let's correct it. So uh, it's, it's really helped me 
as a new single owner, really understand, okay, this is, this is, this is the lifeblood of my business. How can I make sure that what we're doing is working? So you, so you mentioned the word allocation. So what would, do you, did you set a rule in terms of timing dates? Do you have certain dates? Is it the 10th and the 25th or something like that? Yeah. So in the book, they talk about, uh, basically everything goes into your income account and then twice a month on the 10th and the 25th, you take what's in that income account and then you spread it, you allocate it to your other accounts based on your percentage. And then you also pay bills on those dates. Mm. So uh, that's the other beautiful thing about it is, you know, on the 10th, do I have enough money to cover myself until the 25th? And um, it's it really helps with that rhythm of understanding your business and adjusting your mindset around expenses. So, um, so for us, on the 10th and the 25th, I get all the invoices that are due. Um, I take the account balances and I spread it out. And so basically I do account transfers. Um, four of those accounts are at a separate bank, like you talked about. Uh, you want to make them kind of out of sight, out of mind, and you want to make it a little difficult to get money from them mm. so that you don't give in to temptation and, and spend more than you should and rob from those accounts. So, um, so I have those at a separate bank account that I, I, I don't have a checkbook. I don't have a debit card. I have to physically go into a branch and ask for my money to get it out. Gotcha. Okay. And then outside of the, the 10th and the 25th at the end of the quarter, that's when you do, um, your, your profit allocation. So you look at, okay, what's in my profit account? And you can take 50% of that and do with it whatever you want. So if you want to pay yourself, great. If you want to pay down some debt, you can do that too. Um, I've been using mine to seed my vault account quicker. So um, the last two quarters, I've taken 50% of what's in the profit account and I've put that in my vault account just so that I can grow that faster and reach my goal with that cash sooner. Gotcha. And how, so, you know, obviously this is going to sound very foreign to anybody who hasn't read the book, but I even found after I read the book that I had to go back and kind of use some tools. I noticed that Michael Michaelowitz has a ton of um, tools available. Were you able to use any of his free tools that he makes available on his website or... Yeah, so I, I, I took advantage of a lot of the FAQs and um, charts and some of the systems that he had out there. And mm -hmm. then I kind of used those as a starting block. And then from there, as I was really getting into the rhythm of it about November of last year, I created my own spreadsheet, which mm -hmm. um, uh, basically it, it's a it covers my two week period, my 10th and my 25th period. So that helps me see what bills am I paying? What recurring expenses do I have? Uh, where's my income as far as, uh, for this period. And that to me, it's just, I, I kept it to a one sheet. If I print it off, it's one page. Um, 
it's a very easy way for me to track where I stand and, and what's happening. Um, mm. But then it also gives me historical data because each two weeks I start a new one. It's blank and fill in the numbers and go from there. So after doing it for a little over nine months, it really gives me a wealth of information to look back on and say, okay, this is where we were. This is how, you know, the off-season months hit us. And mm-hmm. what can we do to plan ahead for that this next year? And it's the, the number of tools out there are very helpful, as well as, I mean, they've got CPAs that are certified in uh, Profit First. They've got bookkeepers that are certified in Profit First. You can get coaches. There's all kinds of resources out there to help you start this process. And, you know, I think people might be hesitant because they might be facing a ton of debt right now. And they're like, oh, man, like I can't even imagine what this would be like because I'm, I'm living hand to mouth with the debt that's in front of me. But he actually in the book addresses that, right? He has like a chapter or two that, that oh, focuses yeah. on, you know, tackling the debt mountain, so to speak. Well, and, and I mean, Dan, when I, when I took this business over, I was in the same boat. And um, I, in, let's see, so I took over in June. Um, By the end of the year, I had cut our corporate debt in half. Wow. And much of that was just understanding this system and knowing that, okay, I can put this much towards this debt and I can put this much towards that one. I can refinance and consolidate these two into another one. And um, it, it was, I mean, we, we would talk about it here, my bookkeeper and I, and it's like, can you even believe that we did this? Like we, we eliminated 50% of the debt in less than six months. Wow. And it, I mean, in a year where we were doing 40% less in revenue. So it's, it's, it, it really can be done. Um, it does take some, some guts and some tough decisions because most of us, when we start this, are spending more than we should be. And yeah. uh, it can be hard to rail that in. Mm-hmm, for sure. And you're, um, so you had shared, uh, I think, earlier with me, and it um, might have been during your uh, midpoint meeting with your peer group, but um, your cash flow has been increasing comparative, comparatively speaking, looking backwards the last couple of years. So you said something like 300,000 or 300% or something like that? Yeah. So Amazing. from, from I think I looked at the end of July uh, when the quarter closed. Um, so cash on hand at the end of the July versus cash on hand the end of July this year were 300% up in cash versus that same period last year. Wow, that's great. And it's, I mean, we're, granted our revenue's up, but... I mean, it's not that much. I mean, it's we've been buying. Yeah. No, it's not three hundred percent. I mean, we've been buying new equipment, and it's just it's the way that we manage the money and our uh, gosh, the it's almost a mindset against expenses. Like when when my staff come to me and they want to spend more money, it's like okay, we'll justify it. Like everybody got a raise this year. We we've been getting bonuses. Like do you want to give that up for this new expense that you think we should take on? 
So um, it definitely kind of switches the way people look at how they spend the money. Oh, that's great. And I know, um, you know, part of how I learned about this was your peer group. You um, have idea contests and you have everybody has to identify a problem you're facing and then how, what, how you chose to resolve it. And uh, did, I can't remember, did you win your group or was it uh, just well received and got some good votes or whatnot? I can't remember. <laughs> I, th- I, I think it was a win technically, but it was oh, our first cool. meeting. So Nobody really yeah. uh, anteed up into the pot, and you had to, you had the real. Oh, that's right, you didn't get any. Nobody, plan, nobody the, had, nobody else had really ideas until after I kind of went and talked about it. There you go. So, um, you know, again, for anybody listening here, if you're not in a peer group, get in one. If you're in a peer group, please do the idea contest. I know a couple of you are, uh, as groups have have said, oh, we don't want to do the idea contest, but it, it is how some of these things that are not part of your daily routine. Uh, get implemented and have a huge impact on your business. So, uh, Tony, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dan. I appreciate it. Everybody, Tony Peterson from Weaver's Rental. Peer Tech is a proud sponsor of Peer Talk. Are your results actionable? View your industry data like never before. Gain insights, view real-time KPIs, drive growth, unlock potential. When you join PeerTech, your data drives decisions. Peer benchmarking allows you to see your data like never before. Why be satisfied with incomplete data when clear, responsive, real-time trends could be yours? Now is the time to start making insightful, data-driven decisions for your business. PeerTech, sign up now. You've been listening to Peer Talk from Peer Executive Group, produced and directed by Noah Crowley and hosted by Dan Crowley. Subscribe to this podcast for notifications of future episodes of Peer Talk.